Hey everyone, welcome to Get the Bag Podcast, Episode 7. I'm your host, Claudia Castro, Tim Park, my co-host. What's up? Hey, what's up? Uh, <laughs> now, uh, guys, remember this is a live show, so uh, feel free to post your questions throughout the episode. Uh, and we'll make sure to set up some time at the end for some Q&A. So mm-hmm. today's episode, uh, three tips on virtual wholesaling. Uh, is a question we actually get a lot on social yes. media or just, you know, people starting out or um, maybe they close some deals in their local market and now want to make the jump virtually. So this will be a really fun topic, uh, hopefully educational uh, and helpful for, for a lot of you guys. Yeah, uh, I think it's a really good topic because a lot of people do ask about this um, question um, because some people think their market may be a little tough or a lot of competition but as we know those are just excuses but um we wanted to address this question because um it's important because as you grow in your business you definitely have to expand into other markets so virtually is um one of the key things to me Yeah, definitely. And we both live in California. So um, it's, uh, I don't, starting off, it, it can be a little intimidating, uh, mm-hmm. marketing out in, in California, because you're literally competing against corporations, uh, hedge funds, um, people with deep pockets um, that have maybe a, a budget of, you know, 20,000 a month or more mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that they're, that they're using. So it's like, you know, it's just, it's just us kind of going in there. So um, I think virtual wholesaling is a great opportunity to really um, kind of venture out into smaller markets where uh, you can really learn and like focus on the, on the process instead of like getting no answers or getting mm-hmm. shut, shut down. Um, yeah. And it's also different clientele. So uh, really excited for these three tips because um, I think it's been helpful for us. We're both in virtual markets. Uh, Tim, you've closed deals in uh, virtual markets, um, yes. I've gotten them locked up. All, all my deals have been local, um, mm. but I've really started kind of refining my process um, and have been virtual as well. I've gotten some stuff locked up, but either fell through due to title issues or whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, but I actually am working on locking some up right now. And so we'll, we'll talk about like what that process is, but what let, let's hit it off with, with the first tip. Cause I think this is, really important uh, when it comes to picking, you know, picking a virtual market. Right. So I think um, the first tip is going to be research, 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 right? So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thing where you have to um, research the market that you're going to go into, you know, target different properties that are uh, selling, uh, being renovated in the market. And you can just look either on Zillow or even call your local real estate agent, right? Um, mm. Do your due diligence, right? So you can call maybe two or three different real estate agents and seeing what areas are um, actually people are buying in, uh, what what they've been renovating, you know, maybe it's mostly been two bedrooms or three bedrooms or or what. So you can get all this information from a local realtor. and And that's the thing is that, you know, realtors 
it's a, it's more of a partnership and an understanding of what they can do and what mm -hmm. they can provide in that market but you still can do your marketing and doing that's kind of that's kind of like one way to kind of do your research you know and um you know top sellers or you know learn about the laws in that area as well community development that's a big uh, one yeah yeah so um and you know the community development is more of what's building in that area like i know in kansas right. city and downtown there is like a people mover that just went in i think last year or the year before so that people mover is going to get a uh, stop in different areas for more people to have access to go to work um you know get to places so right. th those were are more desirable areas around that where your people can walk to the people mover and get to work right so those right. are important things to know um, when you're going into a new new market right and, yeah i think that's really important like uh, the laws, I think, in and of itself are, is, yeah. like, we can probably maybe expand a little bit more on that, but a lot of times people kind of don't know where to start or, like, what, what does market research look like? Um, there's so many tools out there. You know, if you haven't joined, like, a specific group, like, YouTube is out there, like, there's the mm -hmm. list source hack to see, like, okay, where, in, in this specific area, where are the cash buyers, um, because what happens too is like either they'll pick a market that's too rural, like mm -hmm. way out in the weeds and like there's no cash buyers, they'll, they may get something locked up, but there's no cash buyers to sell it to. Or um, uh, maybe they'll jump into a really, really competitive, especially starting out, like we mentioned, uh, where it's like they just can't get a break. They can't get anybody on the phones or everybody tells them like, um, you know, leave me alone, take me off your list. Uh, so it, I think uh, it's it's really it can be really overwhelming. So taking mm -hmm. like one step at a time. I think a realtor is a lot of things that people do not do. Mm -hmm. um, is is putting yourself out there. People just want to um, kind of do it their own way. And it's like you know, real estate is all about connections and and who you know mm -hmm. and relationships as well. So um, and I think also going back to the laws is a, yeah. if you can get in touch with a really good, with a realtor that's investor friendly because they're not, not all realtors yeah. are built the same. And, you know, we Very love our true. realtors, <laughs> but, you know, if you can find somebody that, you know, you kind of jive with and, and mm -hmm. kind of have an agreement with, uh, I think they can kind of show you like, oh no, actually this is what's happening. Um, because there, I mean, specific markets, I think we were talking about this last night. Mm -hmm. um, there are specific markets where now there's laws against wholesaling. Um, yeah. So you you don't want to go into a market if it's like illegal to wholesale. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's specific markets that like they just changed the law, like Atlanta is one. Right. So I just can list a few like Atlanta, Philadelphia, um, there's Illinois. Illinois is a big one. That was the first one that really kind of dropped. So you actually have a have to have a realtor these other states are getting into you know possibly getting a wholesale license or um, just making sure that you execute the contract like it says mm -hmm. so maybe in some of these states it's a double close instead of just assigning right so just do your research and in, in those states um, and I I'm 
now getting more aware as I get um, more experience in this field is that, you know, it's important to keep up with those type of things, especially in the markets that you're in. And it's right. not like you shouldn't be discouraged um, by these laws. You should embrace them and see how you can do your business better to help people. Right. And it's mm. the right way. So ultimately, it's yeah, you're 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 wanting to get a deal so you can get paid. But the core of it is helping people. Right. Solving their problem. Right. So um, my my advice is don't disc get discouraged in these markets that have these laws. How can you work with this and be more a better business person to provide this value to your 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 uh, sellers right right and it's all about adapting right i think that's what makes it a, a mm -hmm. successful business owner i mean um chris talks about a lot of like you you have to be ready to pivot like you don't know where right. the real estate market is, is going to take you um that's and right. let alone like wholesaling i think he mentioned because he's he's been in the business for 10 11 years they were trying to outlaw it then um mm -hmm. but now there's like a big push um you know, for various reasons. Um, and, you know, we can elaborate on that too, but I think it's um, people easily will see like, oh, well, Chris Jefferson's doing it, is uh, killing it in Richmond or like uh, mm -hmm. Diddy is killing it in Birmingham. I'm going to go where they're going. Um, and it's like, people want to jump on the bandwagon without exactly. doing any research. They just dive, dive right in. Um, and you may be lucky, but uh, that will also is, is a recipe for disaster because again, you're, you're not going in with the plan. You're not going in with like, okay, like how much money do I need to spend? How much money do I need to budget? And that's a, a big important part of your research is like how much marketing um, money do I have? And this is why like marketing in California is super different than marketing in maybe Casey in Kansas city. It's a little bit different. You have to have more money to market in California. Mm -hmm um to reach these these sellers whereas maybe in kc it's a little bit easier to get in touch by phone calls or, mm -hmm. or text messages um so I, I think understanding your your budget where it's like all right i have 500 dollars a month how can i you know how can wh where can this take me mm -hmm. um and and again it's just having that um you have to go in with a plan right and it, like regardless of where where you go don't just follow where people are going unless it's like you're you're working with somebody um, and that kind of goes into our second tip, which mm -hmm. is like joint venturing is, again, as I mentioned, real estate is all about relationships and who you know. And there's some shady wholesalers, just like there's shady uh, realtors. Um, but it's it's all about relationships. Who do you connect with? Uh, and we talk about this a lot in the U as well as like um, who like partner partner up with each other one person lock it up the other person uh find a buyer if mm -hmm. you can really have an understanding with somebody um and maybe somebody that's in that market so this is also another a good opportunity where you can maybe i'm in california uh, and let's say you're in kc and i want to market there and i'll be like hey I'll, i'm gonna I'll, I'll cold call I'll, I'll bring the i'll bring the leads you have a list of buyers let's work together uh, now there's more more things associated with it uh, attached to to joint venture, but I think that's always a great opportunity to, to get started because um, finding somebody that knows what they're doing will really show you the ropes. Like if they're if they're really um, if they're a good wholesaler, 
they're going to show you the ropes or at least kind of the basics that to get you to get you going and get you started. Right. And I think that's really important because it also helps momentum too, because you might have done a deal in your, your market and then you're joint venturing with someone that is in a different market. And, um, you know, that just helps with kind of deal flow and, um, yeah. and, you know, having someone that's in that market that knows that market, you're learning from them. So when you're expanding into that market, it's easier, you know, for you to do deals there. Right. And sometimes people partner up with, with realtors too. Yep. Um, they like boots on the ground is huge. Yeah. It's, it's so important when in a virtual market, you need to have eyes and ears in, in, in the market that you're in. Mm -hmm. Because if you imagine like, you know, and I've, I've, um, I've marketed out to Tampa, even Atlanta. Um, and it's like, if I don't have anybody there, like, I'm kind of lost, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know the neighborhood like that, like the ins and outs, especially if I'm just starting out. Um, so I, I think it's, this is why like finding, uh, doing your own due diligence in, mm -hmm. in, in, a, in an experienced wholesaler is really important. Uh, reaching out and, and adding value. Again, coming in with value. Don't just ask like, hey, can, uh, can you get me a deal or can you do this for me? Like come in with like, hey, how can I help you? And more than likely, people are going to be receptive to that. Like, yeah, uh, bring me a lead, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. And I think we lost uh, Claudia there for a second, but oh. um, oh. there you go, got you back. I'm back. But no, I I think that's uh, super important, just because. And sometimes you, as a virtual market, you're not even going to see the property, only just the pictures. And then someone that is there is going to walk the property or um, introduce the, you know, have the appointment for buyers to come in and and see the property for themselves. So um, and another thing is that a lot of times you don't want the buyer and the seller to kind of communicate you want to have that buffer right and um, right. you want someone to say hey you know if you have any questions please direct them to um, you know Tim and uh, right. and usually a lot of the sellers will ask a lot of questions or you know but um, when you have that buffer there that person can always answer the questions for the sellers instead of the buyer answering the question right so mm, right yeah, for sure. Uh, and I hope my internet doesn't cut out again. Um, but I, I think it's also important to, um, you know, if, if you have a nine to five, mm -hmm. is like partner up with somebody. A lot yeah. of times we don't have the time to do a, a full deal. It, there's a lot that goes into it. And we'll, we'll dig into that further. But like, as far as the process, but like, there's a lot that goes into a deal. Um, there's like, not only just locking it up and closing, like you have to communicate, you have to market out to buyers, you have to uh, connect with a title company, you have to, you know, there's a lot of back and forth communication. And doing that all by yourself uh, is is a lot of work and, and can be time consuming, depending if right. you have a deal that has uh, title issues, uh, or liens or whatever the case that you have to solve problems. Uh, having two people on the deal is is really important, because you can kind of pass the baton and be like, all right, I did my part. I'm here if you need me, but um, you take care of your end. And there, it's such a relief having somebody that you know can can take can take the load off 
Uh, and people are easily closing five to 10 deals just on JV. Like yeah. people think, um, oh, I want the whole, pe- the whole piece of the pie. Like, no, like, you know, let's win, to- let's win together because it takes so much work. Uh, so much goes into a deal um, that partnering up with each other and, and sharing the load, especially when you have a nine to five or you have other businesses is really vital um, in, in, in your success of building that momentum that you were talking about. Yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, you need to add that to your arsenal of, you know, wholesaling is joint venturing and don't shy away from that. That's an important aspect of your business. And, you know, sometimes you might get three or four joint ventures and then just one single deal for yourself. So um, right. it just kind of all depends on, um, you know, where the deals are coming from and how you can provide value for, for, um, you know, your your fellow investor or you know to the seller right so mm, right you know i've yeah. had joint yeah i have joint ventures where i was i had the buyer or i had the deal right so it just all depends right. um even if someone had proof of funds and i didn't have it in the beginning that's another way you can joint venture too so there's different ways right. that you can joint venture to get the deal done yeah, totally. But, you know, uh, we, we do always say approach with caution because mm-hmm. um, this is why like doing your due diligence is so important and why people maybe, maybe they were ghosted in, in a certain situation. So they're like totally against JVing or, mm-hmm. you know, they were done wrong. Um, and there's a such thing as daisy chaining, like mm-hmm. what's daisy Very chaining? True. It's where you have wholesalers creep in pretending to be buyers. So you're marketing, say on Facebook, Craigslist, uh, and then you have somebody like who shows you a proof of funds, maybe, but maybe it's a proof of funds they got from someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they end up selling your deal to, to one of their buyers. And so it ends up being like three wholesalers on the same deal, especially, you know, maybe if you're JVing or maybe they'll wholesale it to another wholesaler. Um, so you have to be really cautious and not getting burned that way. And it, you know, it's just part of the, it's just part of the game. But again, not having that scarcity mindset, just going in. Mm-hmm. And just, um, you know, taking it one step at a time um, and, and kind of setting expectations. You don't want to just meet someone and be like, yeah, let's just do a deal. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming with your JV uh, process, like you've kind of done some expectations mm-hmm. on like, okay, this is your role. This is my role. Um, because other, otherwise there's going to be, there, there can be some confusion. And, right. and especially when there's a lack of communication, uh, things can go mm-hmm. sour pretty quickly. Yeah, communication is key just because, and I set the expectation up front, right? And the expectation is just that we are in constant communication on, you know, what's going on with the deal. Um, You know, we're going to use my contracts and then I'll send you a JV agreement and then, you know, um, the buyer is going to have an assignment agreement. So, you know, and that just sets the expectation. And then I set a, another email chain, right? Um, mm. With um, the, you know, my JV partner and anything that happens, right? I follow that up with an email, right? So if we're talking on the mm. phone, something happened, um, I follow that up with the email. So we can always go back to the email and say, hey, on this date, this happened, not on, you remember when I talked to you on this date and right. you said this? No, it was all written down. Everything is on, you know, 
basically on paper, basically, and there. And so you just you you have to do that in your business just to be one a little bit more professional. Two, you're setting mm -hmm. the expectation that this is how you do business, and then three, you're always covering your butt, right? Because everything can anything can happen um, within the right. deal. So you just want to make sure you document that process along the way um, with with um, that particular deal with that particular JV partner. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, you brought up a really important point, which is documentation, which maybe somebody who's not used to that form of communicating, they're, they're always like, on, you know, based off your word or like maybe mm -hmm. text, which is another form of communication. But again, it's, you want to have a running thread of like, hey, like basically, you know, you always want to take it to like an email. So you have some, some evidence if anything ever went wrong, you have like that mm -hmm. communication. Um because I've, you know, I've, I've had bad experiences with, with JV where, again, yep. I, I didn't set that expectation from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And um, also, I kind of went in with the mindset of, like, I want to close a deal, like, money on mm -hmm. my mind yeah. as priority before even, like, thinking of the process or the expectations. If somebody's like, oh, oh, I have this deal here um you know and this was out in california like this is over a million dollar deal we um and we can possibly get you know um definitely over the assignment between the two could have been 100 100 for sure 100k for sure and so i you know being new i was like i i was like oh money i already started like putting myself like in that um predicament of like right um Oh, what, what if I, what did, what if I close 50 K like, you know, and that's not, and Chris talks about this a lot, but you, I feel like you kind of have to go through it sometimes to like, um, to learn it. Um, definitely and because I went with that mindset, the expectations were not met in the beginning or were not set. Uh, and I think, I think that's, that's the most, one of the most important things on top of like documenting is like, like yeah uh, setting a, a an understanding of like this is what you bring to the table this is what i bring we'll mm -hmm. do 50 50 um and like this these are the roles so in the jv agreement mm -hmm. uh, you've kind of talked about it is like you want to write down okay i'm in charge of getting it locked up right. uh communication with the seller uh, maybe even helping you find a buyer and yours may only be proof of funds bringing mm -hmm. the buyer um so it's it's very important to set those clear understandings uh, in agreements way before you even like get started in, in the wholesaling process. Yeah, definitely. I think um, that's very important. You bring up a good point because, um, you know, part of that, you know, expectation is the splits, right? So people mm. might want to renegotiate the splits, you know, because, you know, they might have gotten the buyer to increase you know, um, their, their amount and, you know, it's a bigger spread and they're like, you know, Hey, let's, let's renegotiate that. But, you know, you, that's why you set the expectation, you know, upfront and you, you sign the agreement and this is what we're going to go forward. And that's how we're going to do it. And it's laid out like this is. So it's just, you know, um, just be on on top of that and be um, just communicate and, you know, have that expectation. And that's very important. So, yeah. And, and then don't go in thinking about the money 
first yeah, firsthand. For sure. It's just like <laughs> an important thing of just any deal. Um, but I kind of wanted to tie into like our, our third, because uh, mm-hmm. we've talked about process a lot. Our, our mm-hmm. third tip, which is focusing on the process. I think the process uh, working virtually is you have to have your process tight. It has to be good because again, you're not physically there. Mm-hmm. So there's people um, that you're working on. You have to have a, a process uh, set from the time that you lock it up to like, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step after that? Uh, who are my, who's my title company that I'm going to work with? Um, mm-hmm. Let me give them a call. And, and, you know, because again, you can't stop by the title company. And I think this is why having uh, a realtor on your side or just boots mm-hmm. on the ground, somebody who can like, who understands is really important um, because if you're not consistent with your process, that your deal flow vir- virtually is, is going to be non-existent. So you have to stick with it. Um, so by focusing on your process, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're setting yourself for, for success by having um, expectations at every step of the way. Uh, mm-hmm. From the moment you call somebody to lock, sending out an agreement. Um, because, I mean, Tim, let's keep it real. People aren't consistent they <laughs> there's some people are like uh yeah i marketed for a month and didn't get anything so i'm gonna bounce and it's yeah. like just that's just not how it works <laughs> no no because you know we we're taught and then we're also we experience because we go through this every day is that the the money is is actually in the follow-up so you know right you might talk to like let's say five different people that day and then you don't talk to anyone for another three days or four days these are three or four people that you could have been talking to during those three four days and then building up you know a a follow-up with them right so you know Mm -hmm. having your process on that or you know when you're jving with someone you you have them contact them when you can't contact them right so uh, whatever the case may be it's a situation where you definitely um can um, you know, have, have a process down and be consistent with that process, right? When you get into that market, um, as you said, excuse me, as you said, it's, it's a situation where you, you, when you have those processes, it's a lot easier, um, in that market because you're following everything that you, you, you set in place. Right. And, um, you know, how, my question to you is how do you set up your process for that, right? So some people don't, might not mm-hmm. know what that looks like or how to set up process um, and then yeah. focus on that process for, for a virtual market. Yeah, I think uh, your process, again, has to be super tight because, again, and a lot, what a lot of people do is they focus on the process at, at later on the mm-hmm. road um, mm-hmm. instead of like as they're going. And I think. Chris has talked about this um, as well as like document your process as you're going through it. So you lock something up, write a process for that, right? Or we call it SOPs, but it doesn't have to be that technical. It can just be a Google doc. Uh, I use Loom. Uh, Loom is a great tool. Loom is a recording video recording tool. So you can screen share and be like, all right, in this video, I'm going to go over how to cold call on this dialer. Mm -hmm. In this video, I'm going to go over how to follow up. In this video, I'm going to go over how to fill out a contract. Mm-hmm. And this, like, you're literally every step of the way. So if we if we take a look at the wholesaling process, um, starting from, like, 
getting a list. All right, you get a list. You um, maybe even deeper than that. Okay, we'll do the list source cash buyer hack. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I have my hot zip codes. I'm going to enter those zip codes. I'm going to buy a list, um, and then I'm going to if we, if we just go straight like high equity a high equity mm-hmm. list or something. Sure. I'm going to skip trace that list, or you know, if you have a tool like REI Sift, which I do, I upload my list first, and then I prioritize like okay, um, I'm not, I don't want to skip trace the whole list because sometimes. That, that, that can be pretty costly. Like skip tracing is, it, it does add up. And so you have to go back to your budget, right? So I kind of prioritize, okay, let me focus on just absentee or let me focus on uh, absentee vacant. Okay, I'm gonna export that. I'm gonna skip trace this specific list. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, okay, I'm gonna plug it into a dialer or into my SMS. Um, okay, I'm gonna cold call, I'm gonna text. And then, uh, okay, I got an interested seller, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. uh, try to lock them up, negotiate. Um, okay, I locked them up, got the contract. Okay, uh, what's next? Title company. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to um, send things over to the title company. All right, what's next? All right, find a buyer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to market to a buyer. Facebook, Craigslist. Okay, uh, title, title has questions. It, like sometimes you have to go back and forth with back and forth, yeah. processes, but if we just focus on like a straightforward uh, progression, it's um, it is you get you get the uh, you, you get the buyer, and then from the buyer, um, you you get you send an assignment agreement. Okay, you got your assignment agreement, and then from there you send everything back to the title company. They probably connect with the buyer, get all their information, and then the uh, seller uh, will will then uh, cover their. Um, the seller will then uh, also kind of reach out to the title company. So you're kind of the middle person in that. Right. Um, and then if everything else goes well, you close, you get your check. Um, so there's there's so much um, that goes into there. There are little bits, but if you break it down, you can just even break it up into smaller pieces. Right. Uh, talk and, to seller, lock it up. Uh, yeah, get get the buyer, title company, mm-hmm. and that's that. And that there's, you know, every little step has its details in in those. I mean, we're talking high right. level here, but um, as long as you kind of document that process and um, you know get it down to um, where you understand that process then, mm-hmm. you know, these other markets are going to be a lot easier too, because um, w- when you are networking within your group that you're involved in, th- people are working that market as well. So they may have a title company or escrow company right. that you can work with. And um, like, you know, I'm working at Kansas City Market and then Alfonso within our group, and he's also a coach too, he works Kansas City Market. So he referred me to a good um, title company out there and yeah. um, they're phenomenal. So it it, it helped me with um, a lot of deals that um, I'm working right now and um, past deals as well. So um, yeah. And you'll learn having a really strong title company will make and break or, or make or break your deal, mm-hmm. like that. Most like, definitely. And so, the, especially going virtual, um, some people may recommend it, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. You have to go through a few title companies until you find the right one. Once you find the right one, like you got to you got to keep them. Um, 
keep them happy, like with it, with it, send them, you know, some DoorDash and send, send them like, you know, um, you know, edible arrangements, whatever, like you, you it's all about the relationships mm-hmm. um, because these are the people that are going to pay you uh, essentially, like you have your deal. Um, so it, it may be a thing where maybe there was a little hiccup in the title process, mm-hmm. um, but they're like, oh, okay, well, you can figure it out this way and you're able to close a deal. Yeah. Uh, I know horror stories with title companies that just gave up on deals or um, oh, yeah. weren't weren't really, uh, they don't understand the process. Mm-hmm. So you're having to educate them. And anytime you have to do that, it's, um, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it makes it difficult. It's more work mm-hmm. to, for you. So um, having, uh, we are talking high level, but having like a, your good uh, foundation of like, uh, boots on the ground and like a title company is essential in, in a virtual market. Um, and, you know, for, for me specifically is, is again, I, I kind of, my process is like, I'll outline it. And like you said, I have little steps in between them because you have to think about it. You're not going to be in the business forever. Um, you, you're going to bring in people. Uh, you're going to bring in people on your team to do the stuff that you were doing so uh, if you have the documentation as you go, you don't have to do as much work because it's always harder going back right. um, after, after the fact. Because uh, you have to be like, wait, how did I do that? Um, it's a lot more work. Uh, but documentation, documenting your process is, is vital if you want a successful wholesaling business in general. Yeah. I, I like the loom um, uh, dime that you, you actually dropped because um, it it's another way instead of writing everything down, you, you're just recording, right? You're recording and right. documenting that. And so documenting doesn't really mean, you know, write everything down or put it in a spreadsheet or put it in. Well, I think doc, SOPs right? so, is a really technical word. Like um, right. it's like standards of operations or system. So, see, I don't even know the, <laughs> the what, what sta- it stands standard for. So, operating procedures. Uh, yeah. oper- operating procedures. Yeah. So it's a very technical, so it can be really intimidating for somebody like that. So keep it simple. I mean, even in my nine to five, we're actually working on like rehauling, our, um, my department's, uh, documentation and a lot like, you know, my, uh, my boss is like, Hey, um, don't worry about documenting every little thing. Just create a loom, mm-hmm. just create a loom documenting it. Cause things change a lot. So mm-hmm. if, if all you have to do is like update a loom instead of up to updating text, that's so much easier so to, smart. to do. Right. So, um, you can do high level points of mm-hmm. like in, in a document, because you know you have to paste the link somewhere um <laughs> but you know <laughs> but you uh you you just do a loom and it's it's really inexpensive i think uh they have you can have a free account up to like 20 videos yeah. uh, and then i think after that it's like six bucks a month so it's totally worth doing that um i think looms is definitely it, it's 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 been a game changer for my uh my nine to five and like right. how i do process if i have a question i just do a loom like yeah. forget jumping on a meeting. Let's just, let's just do a loom. So I think that's, um, that's a really great way um, to, to document um, and, and work on your, your process without yeah. having to like make it a big deal. Right. And you don't have to show if you're, you know, someone that's shy and don't want your face on there, you don't have to show your face. You just have to show right. your screen. Do and the audio. Just, right. Yeah, just do the audio on it. So it's not um, really not, 
that intimidating. It's just, you know, showing, documenting the process exactly what you do, right? And talking through yeah. the steps, so. Yeah, absolutely. And another tip that I learned from uh, REI SIFT is, because um, I, I took, they have like this challenge, uh, all lead, uh, uh, AL, it's called ALGC, so uh, all leads generation, mm -hmm. I, I can't even remember. I'm so bad with acronyms today. <laughs> My bad, y'all. <laughs> but it's, it's um, uh, so basically it goes through the challenge of like how to, uh, how to organize your documentation. And so what I liked, what one thing that they did was they have a spreadsheet mm -hmm. and they have a um, like a task uh, on, on every line item and they have a, a loom attached to it. Oh, so cool. it's like how to skip trace, there's a loom linked to it. How to like everything from like mm -hmm. the process I was talking about, uh, how to buy a list, how mm. to skip trace, how to, um, how to upload it into batch dialer, for example, how to upload to a dialer, how to respond, like it's literally a line item. So you have a basically a glossary um, uh, or a table of contents of like every step. So you can just hand that to a VA mm -hmm. um, because eventually, like I said, you're not gonna be in the business, whether you're virtual or local, um, you have a document you can hand off and be like, here are all the videos. Um, take a look, if you're ever stuck, go back to a loom that I did. Um, and then again, if you update it, uh, if something changes in your process, you just redo the loom um, yeah. or have somebody else redo the loom. And it's funny, like a part of these, all these processes, there's like maybe different tools that can you can utilize uh, along the way, right? And, you know, the loom is this one tool to help you document that, right? And then, you know, you can go back and look at those looms to make sure the processes are right for you opening a market, right? And that mm -hmm. could be like, step by step, you know, if, if you're hiring more people, then, you know, and utilizing this particular tool to document your process, it's just going to be a lot simpler um, as you onboard people and grow your business as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think a process is probably, I mean, along with research, mm -hmm. pro your process is one of the most important parts of like virtual wholesaling. Um, just in general, like if you want to take your wholesaling business to the next level, uh, because again, I think people get stuck in like, mm -hmm. well, I'm just going to do it myself. Uh, I'm just mm -hmm. going to do it all. And uh, sure you can, but if, if your goal is to scale, you're not going to get very far. You, you need yeah. others. You need the help of others to to be successful. So I think um, I think that that's just like key key in any business mm -hmm. um, is to do that. But uh, one question I did have for you, Tim, is like, how long do you think when you say you try out a market, how long do you think you, sh you should be marketing in that in that market um, until um, like you're like, OK, this isn't enough or this isn't right. working. I'm a bounce. Well, I think uh, it really depends on the market. And then also um, from your research, what are you finding out, right? You may, you know, have a cluster of, uh, of developments or a cluster of uh, buyers that are re uh, renovating in that area. But if you go out, like, let's say a mile or so, uh, that actually is not um, feasible and you know there's not many other houses in the area that are renovating right so it's just kind of that particular spot so um, I think it really kind of just depends on your market but if you're in a market that you know um, you get into and there's a lot of um, 
business being done and you get into it and you know um you're in it for a month two months you know you go down to six months and you still haven't gotten any traction and your your follow-ups are kind of falling through so you need to really evaluate at that time talk to people that are in your market talk to about talk to a real estate agent before you actually pull the trigger to uh, move on to a different market um i know that you know ever since i started i'm still in the markets that i'm i'm in right and i'm mm. consistently um, working those markets so because it for me to understand that market and because it's gonna sh markets are gonna shift depending on the cities that you're in just because of what's happening uh in a community jobs all of that is uh affects you know the people buying mm -hmm. and selling their homes right so um then you know you you kind of analyze all that data and then kind of maybe shift your marketing instead of absentee you're getting into pre-foreclosures now just because a lot of people have lost their jobs in that particular city or so right right so, so you you need to shift your marketing so maybe not shift out of the city that you're in or the virtual market that you're in you shift your marketing um list uh, based on what you're researching because you don't just research just to get in the market research as you're in the market right mm. as well too so that's 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 something that i would advise people to continue to do yeah it's definitely a bar i think people go in um maybe just cold calling and they'll cold call for a couple months and be like ah oh, this isn't working out well did you try like you know maybe asking two other wholesalers hey what are you doing like that are maybe in your market and they're closing deals like hey what are you doing um obviously maybe you don't want to copy like everything but maybe they're do they're having success direct mailing uh or a combo of direct mailing and sms or something um so maybe worth kind of redirecting it um to, to doing that perhaps mm -hmm. uh, and just it's it's all trial and error you know yeah I, I do agree before jumping into a new market or giving up on a market like you have to you have to try it out and also uh keeping track of the data mm -hmm. um a lot of people just just leave without understanding like the, the kpis or um the the data and like um well how you know how many people did I contact or did I speak with? Um, Cause a lot of times, like maybe it's not so bad and maybe in your own mind, because you're not tracking it, mm -hmm. you don't, you don't, you don't really know. Um, so, you know, if you're going to try a different marketing technique, like track it, be like, okay, I, mm -hmm. I've sent out 50 direct Definitely. mailers every day. Um, what's my, you know, ROI on that, like return of investment, uh, investment. Um, and if I'm getting a, a few more leads that compared to cold calling, like, let me, let me, you know, the, the next week I'm going to do a hundred a day mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. um, and see, we'll see what happens. So I love that uh, trial and error uh, instance, but I like this comment by uh, Sophia, shout out to the yeah, fan. Shout out. Um, and I think, I think this is really important. This is kind of like talking about like your, your systems that you have in place, especially when you bring on a, a VA and, both of us had to let go of, of our VA. That's um, right. But I, I, I think um, that having like the right systems and, and a direction for your VAs is really important. Um, 
because again, if 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 there's if there's no, nothing there for the VA, they're they're going to kind of adapt to what maybe that they know or um, that they're familiar with, and it's totally off of what you're expecting. So I think uh, it, sometimes you need to do a reset or go back to the basics because uh, sometimes mm-hmm. when you over uh, analyze some things or or uh, you know you you don't really see the bigger picture. So sometimes you you have to reset. So uh, working that virtual market again, or any like wholesaling, I think it's really important um, to focus on on the basics and just add on like little by little as you go. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that was a great comment too, just because the the VAs and you know you have to ha- you definitely have to have your your processes down when you start to hire and make sure that you know they're following what you're your steps are right your system is and so yeah, yeah. So it starts with a, you so yeah. and, and it's you leading by example um and it's always easier said than done um even even for me is like in my nine to five i'm working on like documentation and sometimes it's easy to just be like yeah just do this um but you know you if, as business owners it's kind of our it's our responsibility right we owe it mm-hmm. to ourselves to to um to put in these systems so that we're not working so hard. You know, we have somebody uh, we're, that we're bringing on as, as a VA. So um, how can, how can you help them help you? Uh, right. Basically? Right. Absolutely. I see we got a another here. question. Yeah. Hector, what's going on, man? Hey, Hector. Uh, what are you guys doing to research new markets? So what, what are you doing? Uh, or have you jumped in a new market since? Um, I just actually opened up Houston, so uh, okay. the Houston market. Tell, tell us about how you how you researched that, or like what made you decide to jump into that market. Um, actually, ever since we were in Houston, I think um, I was always wanting to do it, and it's taken me since then to now, right? Just because mm. where my business is, and um, and then also me. Uh, maybe JVing with people in in Houston market and having a relationship there to where someone can, you know, also learn, but also make the calls and then um, get into that market too. So I know that, um, you know, Houston and Kansas City are non-disclosure states. So that's mm. part of, you know, that's part of your research that ne- needs to come up, right? So these are states that don't report the actual sale of the, you know, property, right? So they don't disclose the mm. amount. So it's a harder in those states to actually comp because um, you're not seeing what is selling in those areas. So there's some ways around that, some other data that you can uh, do if you have a real estate agent and tap into the MLS. Those are some of the ways that you can actually get that information, yeah. right? So um, definitely re- it's all in the research. So like I, I had done the you know zip code hack or you know a list source hack definitely but it's not just pulling those zip codes and then skip tracing them it's pulling those zip codes uh, looking at those zip codes looking at the houses in those areas right right it's, it's gonna a, you gotta go deeper yeah it's a process it's not like okay i'm gonna go in this market and then do this yeah you know that's what you're taught to do and all that, but you still have to do your due diligence and and in that market right. to see if you're on. Because me getting into that state is going to be different from you getting in that state because you be you're you're going to market differently because mm-hmm. the way you market 
is the way you've been doing deals, right? And that's mm-hmm. working for right. you. And I'm going to market the way I've been doing deals in that market as well, but also looking at the data too, and you're going to be looking at the data. So our ways of marketing and getting into that market are, are going to be different. So that's why some people do better in some markets and some people don't just because they have a different process or they have a different way of marketing in that. So that's why, right? you know, one of the main questions we get all the time when we what market are you in, right? What list right, are you pulling, right? right? So, um, I, you know, I'll tell them, but at the same time, it's, um, you know, they have to do their own research to actually get that done. So, um, and I think people want to take the easy way out. And I yeah. think, um, again, does kind of goes into like jumping on a bandwagon. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny because, you know, uh, Chris has a JV partnership program uh, with different, uh, markets that he's in. Uh, and you know, we had a meeting and he, he, he literally had a meeting just to tell us guys, Birmingham, don't market in Birmingham. <laughs> don't like I, everybody picked Birmingham to market. Yeah. Um, and, and he was like, there's other markets too. And, and it's only because and people, he was like, why, why are you guys picking Birmingham? People are like, well, I think you met, you, you know, one of your calls, you mentioned Birmingham is a hot market or up and yeah. coming or something. And people just like flocked to that market. Yeah. Uh, and I think the power of influence. like, if you are going to right, the power of influence, which, you know, of course we're going to take Chris's word, but do your own due diligence the same mm-hmm. way. It's like, um, you know, you get an agreement, review it with a, an attorney to make sure it works in, in your markets. But um, I, th- I liked how you took a step uh, deeper in like the list source hack by like looking in those, uh, say, you you know, you have a zip code, throw that into Google and see what kind of neighborhood these cash buyers are buying in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, if you go in a neighborhood and it's like a really ri- like affluent area where it's, it's, you know, really rich, like huge ma- mansions, maybe you don't want to focus. Maybe it's like hedge funds, I don't know, focusing on that. You want to maybe target a more distressed area or neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So maybe that zip code didn't work, but maybe a few others did. So you, you know, you want to, you know, take a step deeper and like, don't just do the, um, don't just do just enough, like go, mm-hmm. go into it. You got, you, once you pick a market, commit to it. Yeah. Uh, but for me, the way I research a market where I've learned to is uh, something I've learned from McLean, um, I forget his first name, but he uh, he's he's done a gr- like amazing job with like REI Sift mm. and just kind of stretching his resources. Um, but one he he did a webinar on um, like finding your markets, mm-hmm. and one of the things he he does is he also kind of takes a deeper look. He's like, there's three different tiers of mar- of uh, mar- of type of markets. You have your primary market, which is like a San Francisco or like mm-hmm. a Dallas or even like a Houston mm-hmm. where it's like, if you're all up in the middle there, it's, it's, it's like, that's where everybody's at. Right? right. That's where we talk about competition. So you have to go in with more money or, you know, uh, be more strategic about it. But then you take a step out or out of that, you have your secondary market. So in California, for example, a primary market is the Bay area. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe a secondary market is Sacramento, which is mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, it's becoming, you know, it's becoming more and more um, popular because, again, people are moving out of the Bay Area. 
Um, so that's maybe something you can kind of hit, but then you have a outer layer, which is a tertiary, which means like the third market, mm-hmm. which is like a third level, which is kind of in between. It's like not necessarily rural where it's like out in the country, but it's like somewhere in between like a, a kind of a hot market and, and not, and that's where maybe you want to focus on between the second and third. Because mm-hmm. people aren't really going to target that as much. They're focusing on the primary markets. Um, so that's where I've kind of found success too in the um, Northern California area is like, I'll look at, I'll look in there and be like, and, and I think PropStream has this tool that's like uh, the hot areas. You can see uh, the recent sales in the last six months, the last year, the last three months. So I that's see awesome. like if it's red in that area, like, all right, maybe I need to look, uh, look more into that. And then the next thing I do is like, once I decide like, okay, this city, this uh, area seems to be pretty hot. I go into um, a site called data.io, or mm-hmm. I think it's something like that. It's just like a census um, website. So if I type in a market or if I type in a city, it'll show like, okay, the poverty rate for the last year is this percent. The um, the annual um, revenue, or not revenue, but the annual um, salaries for people is this much. Um, the house value is this much. So if the average salary is maybe 50K uh, a year, the poverty rate is like maybe 10% or less or 15 and less, but the house mm-hmm. values are 300. That's a pretty good, like, where it's like, I'm not, I'm not talking to people that are making over hundred K a year, which is like the Bay area. I mean, I don't want to sum it up. Cause that's, that's, that isn't the case, but it's a really convoluted mm-hmm. market. The market there is crazy. Um, but I can see like, okay, it's a growing market. So most of the houses maybe can be beat up um, because people can't, aren't making very much um, especially like in, in the Northern California. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a test it out. I'm a target that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I use data to my advantage. Um, when looking at, at the markets uh, I'm in and then going a step closer, or a step deeper, which is researching, um, looking in the neighborhoods, the kind of houses uh, within those zip codes. Um, so that has really, that has really helped out uh, with us for sure, because um, I have a better understanding um, by looking at the data, looking at the numbers. Um, so, you know, if you guys want to try that out, uh, definitely, uh, if you guys want to hit me up too, I, I have that webinar link somewhere um, where he literally breaks that down and he kind of goes through like how he picks a new market. Um, mm-hmm. So hope you guys found that helpful. Yeah, maybe we can post in a link um, on the description of the YouTube channel. So in that way, and then yeah. anybody hit us up, we can we can send you that link or Gladia can send you that link as well too. So that's great show i know this is what it's all about sophia yeah that's what that's why we that's why i created the podcast like mm-hmm. you know we got people like us um you know kind of representing and bringing um you know everyone kind of killing it in, in real estate to to um to showcase them you know what i mean like we sometimes don't get a chance to to do that so um definitely can't wait to get you on the show uh, mm-hmm. get everybody you know it's kind of a thing when once you come on you can like bring your buddies on and and like you know kind of brag about them um so that's something yeah i'm excited about that because they they're an amazing couple and then their their business is amazing and they have an amazing story so you know stay tuned for for that episode coming up soon for sure 
Yeah, definitely. That'll, that'll be, that'll be a good one. Um, but yeah, we're, we're approaching the hour mark. That's crazy. Like how I know like, <laughs> it's still amazed. Like we're just, we're just talking. No, um, we're just talking. But, just trying to give some tips. <laughs> yeah. It's work for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you guys, you know, we do have like a couple more minutes left here. If you guys have any other questions that you guys want to ask, uh, definitely let us know. Um, but yeah, may, maybe Tim to kind of end, like what's, what's kind of your goal, um, with, with this, uh, with Houston, um, are you looking for like, um, just wholesaling? Are you looking for maybe developments? Cause I know that's something you're yeah. into too with the family office. Yeah. I think, uh, mostly wholesaling right now. Um, just understanding that market and, um, already got like a few leads already when we just kind of just started, um, which mm -hmm. is great. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been good so far, but the ultimate goal is just to do more deal flow there, um, jump into some other opportunities of maybe development or, um, a fix and flip or just buying a land and putting, um, you know, a duplex structure or a multi-unit structure on there that is mm -hmm. probably less than you know, four units, but, um, at right. least, you know, having that and then building out, you know, a rental strategy or Airbnb strategy there. So, um, but that's kind of, you know, as we get more deals in, um, those strategies kind of will evolve from there, but it all starts from, you know, wholesaling in that market and, uh, getting deals locked up and, um, just you know building the relationships with buyers out there and because we you know right i know a lot of people do a list and not the llc's they'll just do individual i actually do mm. llc's because sometimes yeah, me you, too. Know, you get a hold of people and they're actual buyers right and they've bought mm. many times so i add them to the my buyers list at that time so right um and then they might be developing you know a community or something right how do i get involved with that or you know just you know having those conversations um and i understand like people really getting into this right now may not have that uh, mindset right they're just looking for the deal looking for the deal but you just gotta take a breath you know relax and see the bigger picture yeah yeah bigger picture and um talk to people and have conversations and don't be afraid of the conversation, you know, wherever it takes you. Right. You know? So, yeah, just be yourself and, and just add value. Um, that's all we can, can ever ask. Um, but kind of the same, like real estate is all reputation too. So uh, you always want to go in with like adding value and just helping others. And, you know, the rest, people will notice that, especially if you start like, closing uh, deals consistently, um, people will notice it and they will want to work with you. Uh, mm -hmm. if you especially if you close deals uh, and you reach out like, hey, did you have any other properties or know somebody who is interested? Like there's another referral that you can use. Um, so people, I think the, the term, the word is like uh, people buy business from people they like or mm -hmm. that they enjoy, right? right, um, right. So I, I think- always kind of going in with, with, again, the long-term vision, not the instant gratification of like, yeah, this is a quick 5k. This is a quick 10k um, going in with like the bigger vision of like, you know, I mm -hmm. want to build something here. And um, 
you know, not burning your bridges. Right. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to share a story too, is that I connected with the title company that was in Colorado, because one of my markets is Colorado, just to wish them mm -hmm. like Happy New Year, just to retouch, you know, in the first year. Mm -hmm. And so the last deal I did with them uh, turned into <clears throat> four other closings for them. Um, so mm. my, my close sparked uh, a relationship that helped them close four more, four more deals mm. in, in that. So um, she was telling me the stories that, cause her and the, my buyer went to school, high school together. And oh, wow. uh, so they had that connection and then they kind of reconnected, but he fixed that house up, sold it, used her um, to close that. Right. And right. then um, the person that bought that, bought another house and closed through her as well too. So like it was, it started a chain reaction of her a getting circle. a lot of business. <laughs> so she's like, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Give me some more <laughs> business. Yeah, like, so, yeah. So you just never know. Like, And they want that. That's why you want a good title yeah. company. Um, I mean, for me, the one I've used out here locally, um, they branch out to different, uh, to various uh, counties. So it's, it's really great, but you know, they wish me happy birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, I also just check in, um, you know, sometimes like a little too much TMI sometimes, or it's like, I don't want to hear how you, your, you know, your crazy weekend went, <laughs> like, um, telling me that I had a little too much fun. Right. Um, but like use your title company too. Like if, especially if you're virtual, like if you have a good relationship, they can give you free lists too. That's another mm -hmm. kind of gem too, is, um, yeah. my title company gave me, uh, uh like free data like i think it was mainly like high equity but they'll be like what do you need because they want your business mm -hmm. um so don't be afraid to reach out to your title company be nice to them of course um because again Most it's definitely. all relationships and ask like hey um can i get a you know high equity list and a, a lot of times it's free because they have that data um you may have to clean it up a little bit but that, that's just free data without you having to go and, and buy it so um mm -hmm. you know Title, don't underestimate the power of a of a good title company and, and the, the relationship with that so you know what g i'm yeah. going to do that t this week and contact some do it. title companies and ask for lists yeah and, and see i mean they have they have the data um i think for like specific lists uh you, you still have to pay but um if you're able to get free data like why not that's that's uh you know 100 bucks you saved or 300 however you know however many um, they just ask like, Hey, tell me the zip codes you want and we'll, we'll pull it for you. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, guys, uh, I hope you guys got a lot out of this. This is yeah, really fun. Super appreciate um, kind of y'all. Yeah. Appreciate everybody that's in the chats and for your questions and everybody viewing us right now. Uh, we appreciate all your support. Don't forget, uh, follow, wait, wait, there we go. Follow us on IG real estate, Claudia. Like I, I'm like, can I? I know, right? No, nope, I can't. The Mr. Tim, uh, Mr. Tim REI, uh, follow us on IG. We also have a, uh, our, our podcast has an IG. Maybe we should put it here at, at some point. Get yeah. underscore the bag podcast. Uh, we'll also share it in the um, description notes as well. Um, but really enjoy you got, having you guys here uh, every Wednesday, 8 a.m. PST, 11 a.m. EST. I always get the time zones confused I know, um right? so really really we have some amazing
amazing things in store over the next, you know, over the year. Um, and we have amazing guests coming up. So stay tuned, uh, reach out to us, subscribe, hit those reminders, because um, yep. it does help boost YouTube's uh, algorithm. Um, and we'll catch y'all next week. All right. See you guys. All right. Peace out, y'all.